I thought we'd continue from where we left off last Sunday, so we'll do a quick review, uh, mainly because it's awesome, but also I think this is as we, be- we get closer to Shavuos, to Kabbalah, to Torah, to kind of see how what we spoke about last week was the mitzvah of Krishma, and what exactly the role of mitzvah of Krishma is, to kind of go more in depth, to see how exactly the various Rishonim, the various opinions, were reached. And this is a shear that can take hours because there are so many different proofs that are being thrown around and, and rayas from various gemaras and, and inferences, etc. We don't obviously have time for that, but I want to go through a couple of them because, again, this is, it's, an, it's a real immersive engagement with Talmud Torah to see really how, A, profound and deep it is, but also how sometimes I'll get up here, I'll say, okay, the Rambam says this, the Rashba says this, the Ramban says this. Well, how do we know? Where do they get it from? And how, why do all three of them disagree? So to go through, I guess, some of the logic and some of the svaras behind it, again, is that's what learning Be'in is, if you will. Last week we discussed there's a mitzvah of Krishma. That we know. The mitzvah of Krishma is found in the Torah. We, we say Krishma twice a day. However, we noted, based off the sheet of Balitosvos, there is no actually, he thinks there's no mitzvah to Orisa to say Krishma. So what's the mitzvah? What's the mitzvah? You should every day learn, uh, you should have, say something in the morning and at night. Either it was Liman HaTorah, or it could be, and this we saw uh, with Mincha Srinach pointed out, it could be there's no prescribed mitzvah of Krishna, of these are the psukim you have to say. Rather, we have to say some sort of learning in the morning and at night, which in and of itself is a way of accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. And along came Chazal and said, no, actually, we, we want you to say these specific psukim, these specific parshios, although the actual institution was, not, was on a Durabanan level, it fulfills a Doraisa. This is the way I, I once heard Rabbi Yonas and Sachs say it over. I grew up in the Shul, say it. Anyone here familiar with him? Rashiv and Lander is probably one of the biggest Tamil Chachamim in America. He's just, he's, he's unbelievable. He said there are two types of mitzvahs when it comes to words. Sometimes the Torah demands that we say a specific formula. And like, for instance, Vidoy, uh, Meiser, etc. And sometimes the Torah says, these are certain themes you have to hit upon and you can formulate the words. For instance, you want a bench, you have to thank God for the food, thank God for the land of Israel. What exactly are the words you're going to use? So that Chazal came along and said, no, Hazan call, etc. So we have those two. So in a way, it could be that the Machlokas here comes down to, was it that the Torah said, hit upon these themes of accepting upon yourself the yoke of heaven. How you're going to do that, that's up to you. And then Chazal came along, the sages came along and said, say these psukim. Or perhaps, no, it's the, the Torah is telling us every day you have to say these, prescribe these specific psukim. So that was, that was one. Maybe it's not even anything. We then saw a couple other shittas. Maybe the mitzvah or rice of Krishna is just the first pasik, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lokein Hashem Echad, which in a way we say would make a lot of sense because what's Krishna? It's accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. We saw another shita that said, maybe it's the first parsha. We saw another shita that said, no, it's the first two. Then we saw the Rambam who implies it's all three. And we'll see what goes even beyond that. So that was what we saw. So where did the, how did everyone arrive at the respective shitas? What's going on here? So that's what I want to explore today. The, um, okay, let's, let's go with the first pasuk. So the Ramban, totally, in a, in, when he's talking about a totally different topic, he throws in, it's only the first Pasuk. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Shem Echad. Why would that be? Why would, and the Rashba says that as well. So again, from a Mipisvara, it makes sense, from our logic, if Krishna is about accepting upon yourself the yoke of heaven, well, what, how do you accept upon yourself the yoke of heaven? You say, God is one, God, I, I believe in God of Israel, etc. That's it. But what's the source? So there's actually a, a Gemara in Sukkah. The Gemara in Sukkah says, 
believe it's in the fourth parak, when a child begins to talk for the first time, you teach it certain things. You teach it Torah, and that is, you say Torah, Tzivalana, Moshe, Torah, Moshe, and you teach it Shema. First thing you do is teach the child Shema. What is Shema? Says Rashi, Shema Yisrael, Shem Lekeinu, Shem Echad. Meaning to say, you teach it, you have to teach it the, um, the Torah and teach it Tzvilah. What's this Tzvilah going to be? It's Shema Yisrael, Shem Lekeinu, Shem Echad. You teach it to accept upon itself the yoke of heaven. So says the Prechadish, this is the source for Krishma being the rice of only the first Pasuk. Because the Gemara says explicitly, teach your child Shema Yisrael. The first Pasuk is Shema. And that's, your, that's, your accepting upon, that's how it's accepted upon itself the yoke of heaven. Okay, makes a lot of sense. The issue is as follows. Rabbi Salavajit points out that according to... Why am I not in silent mode? I'm sorry. Rabbi Salavajit points out that according to most, most opinions, the first Pasuk is not the only part of Krishna. And if that's true, so what are we, what, what are we accomplishing here? Because he says as follows. When it comes to the mitzvah of chinuch, when it comes to teaching our children how to act, which is a mitzvah possibly the arisa for the father, maybe even for, maybe even for the mother, that we have to teach our children, there's a famous question that's asked. We may have touched upon this last year. Are we teaching our children because we want to habituate them in the action or because we want to habituate them in, or, or, and educate them in the actual learning of the mitzvah? Here's an example. If it's just about the action and we want them to learn that there's a concept of shaking a lulav, so we can give them a palm tree, we can give them a puzzle lulav, we can give them a broomstick for all you care. The point is you want to teach them to do the action. But if you say, no, chinuch is more than the action, it's about teaching them to do the mitzvah in, the right, in, the, in its fullest fulfillment of the mitzvah, shouldn't they have to have a kosher lulav, an esro? It's an interesting question, and, there's, and the debate goes both ways. Says Ray Salvechik, I believe that the only point of chinuch is to teach them to do the mitzvah the way it should be accomplished. And if that's true, so how are all the Rishonim who disagree and think that Krishna is two parshas, three parshas, etc., how are they going to learn this Gemara? Why would the Gemara say, oh, you, t- time to educate our children, time to mechanach them, teach them Shema Yisrael, Shem Ekein, Shem Echad, and that's it, if you're not fulfilling the mitzvah in its fullest way. So where Salvechik says, you got it all wrong. This Gemara is not talking about chinuch in general, but talking about chinuch for... Little children. But even then... First can speak. Okay, but teach them the whole thing. So that might be one yeah, approach. You level up. So it could be. You so you can't teach a little little kid that can barely see. All okay. So Yair's point got maybe got to level up. That's a fair point. The others may make that point that it's about and even when you teach your children. There's very, what's the what's the age of chinuch when you start teaching your children? So every mitzvah is different because the child's capabilities as they mature become bigger. So yes, at some point maybe all they can say shema. As they get older, it would be the whole thing. So that's one approach. Says Ray Salvechik, no, the chinuch we're doing here is not the chinuch of. The chinuch we're doing here is not the, the chinuch of Shema, but rather it's the chinuch of Talmud Torah. The Gemara only wants to know what's the chiyuv of chinuch when it comes to Talmud Torah. How much must we teach? What's the first things we teach our kids when it comes to Talmud Torah? And the, and the, the Gemara is telling us just the first pasuk of Shema. This is not about Shema. This is about learning Torah. In fact, it says if you look at the Rambam, the Rambam we mentioned says all three are daraisa, but he's still in the midst of Talmud Torah. Ramam says everyone has a chiv to learn all the time, everyone going on through all the, the laws of Talmud Torah, and then the, Ramam says, and with our children, the first thing we should teach them is, Shema Yisrael, Shema Kena, Shema Echad. So the implication seems to be that the Ramam who thinks Krishna is derives for all three, the fact that we teach our child first Shema, and he puts it in the laws of Talmud Torah, he's saying, let me, the Gemara is telling us, let me introduce to you, how do you what's the chinuch of Talmud Torah? What do you teach, what's the first thing you teach them when it comes to Talmud Torah? And from a chinuch perspective, do you learn by Yikra? Do you learn Shemos? Do you learn uh, Taharis? No, you learn Shema Yisrael, Shema Kenu, Shema Echad. Any thoughts, questions, comments? Yeah. I thought the whole idea of chinuch was to teach that you're always learning. 
Learning, doing, well, that, that could be broader, but not, not, not in the midst of what he's dealing with right here. Is there a, like a midrash that says, you should, you should start with Bayekra? Yes, I, I quoted it. It's shy as non-up But still, that's, I think that's a later stage. Okay, so th- according to this, we have a problem. Oh, we have a problem. So according to this, either you learn the Gemara to, to mitzvah and Krishma, and therefore you see Shema is for only the first Pasuk, or you say no, you could say it's just a, the mitzvah chinuch is in Talmud Torah, and we, there's no indication here or help for Krishma in general. Hamzah is another proof that Prechadish brings that says, and this we learned in Mishnah Yomi, when, if you're bury, if, after you bury someone, so it says, and, the, the, and you have a limited amount of time to say Krishma because this man Krishma is approaching. By the way, if that's the rice that they're upon, might also play into this machlokas. Okay, so the Mishnah says as follows After the, you bury someone, the Avelim, you form two lines, and the Avelim walk through, right? Mm-hmm. Says the Mishnah says, if you have time to say Pasigrishan of Krishna before you get to that line, you should say it. Otherwise, don't say it. What's the implication there? Just the first Pasig. And there, that's the other proof. Because otherwise, it would say, if you have time to say the whole Krishna, why well, say only the first Pasig? Although it could be that once you start, you have to go, the response would be once you start, you have to go through the whole thing. But if you don't, can't even get to the first Pasig, don't say it at all. But that would be other proof that the first Pasig is the Arisa. Again, because it says, if you have time to say the first Pasig, Say it, otherwise don't say it. And that's just, yeah. Meaning it says, once, if you have, you have a very limited amount of time, because it's late in the day, or late, and, in the, and you have to go and be menachem, you have to go to the Avelim and say, you know, and they're going to walk through the line. That takes precedence over Krishna. But it says if you have a little bit of time between, you know, walking to where that's going to happen, and you have enough time to say the first possible Krishna, say so. Well, if it's not just the first pasuk, you have to say the whole thing to fulfill your obligation. So then, what are you accomplishing by saying the first pasuk? Must be that it's only the first pasuk that's important. So that's 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 when it comes to the first pasuk. There is a fascinating pre-chadash. The pre-chadash argues it's the first two parshas. Right? Last week we discussed Rashi says only parsha number one. We're not going to get into that. It's the first, you know, because just because of time, it's the first two parshas. How does he know this? So he has a couple proofs, but he has a fascinating idea. Fascinating because of the implications. He says as follows. The Gemara asks the following question. Why do we have the order of Krishna in the way that we do? We say Shema, then we say Vahayyam Shema, and then we say Vayomer. What's the point of that order? So the Gemara says, first you accept upon yourself the yoke of heaven, then you accept upon yourself the yoke of the mitzvos, and then we mention Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Okay, that's what it says. Says the Pichadosh, one minute. If you tell me that only the first paragraph is the Orisa, so that I don't need some fancy idea, we want to accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, and they'll accept upon ourselves the yoke of mitzvot. No, it's very simple. Fulfill your Orisa, your biblical obligation, first. That's why it's written, that, that's why it comes first. Afterwards, we'll fulfill the rabbinics. Meaning, in the hierarchy of things, what is more important? The Orisas. Then the rabbanons. So, fulfill your Orisa, fulfill what's biblically mandated, Afterwards, you can fulfill what's rabbinically ordained. Give me, give me a second. Give me a second. So, so he says it's very simple. It must be from the fact that Gemara doesn't say that. And rather, Gemara has to give a fancy razzle-dazzle. Oh, we're, we're saying Krishna because we want to accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. Then we're saying this to accept upon ourselves the yoke of mitzvos. It must be that it's all, we're, we're all talking about in the world of the Orisas. That's what he says. Yeah, but even if that, even if that was true, the Gemara, you still need the Gemara because you still need to know what order the second and third book. So you could say the same thing there as well. 
I could say the same thing there as well. But either way, let's just. But you're saying both of those. So, or just, just, say, just say, say the latter too. But he's making a massive assumption. What's the assumption he's making? That when there's a, that there's a hierarchy between the Arises and the Rabbanites. That there's a hierarchy between when it comes to, when it comes to things that are biblical versus things that are rabbinic. The uh, Shagas Aryeh. The Shagas Aryeh is an interesting safer. It's, it's considered a Shalos and Shub as a question and answer safer. The only thing is that the Shagas Aryeh asked himself the questions and answered them. Makes it easy when you don't you know all the answers. But he he asked his own questions. So it's written like what is and it's very it's like is Krishna the Orisa? Like no one's writing that to a rabbi. He wrote that is Krishna the Orisa. So in a very long essay, he argues and says when it comes to Durabanans and Doraisas, we don't put this hierarchy in place. We don't put this hierarchy in place. That only only when you have a, when there's things on the same level, both a Durabanan or both a Doraisas, then we can start saying, so which one comes first? But when it's Daraisa Darabanan, we, we, we we're not working with those rules. And what's his proof for this? He says, because every, there's a Machlokas Beishan Beishelel, Friday night, we say the bracha of wine, and then we say the bracha of Kedushas Hayom, of Kiddush. Well, Kiddush is Daraisa. The wine is only Darabanan. Surely the, the Kiddush should come first, and then the wine. So the Shakasari, the reason it doesn't come first is because when, it work, when we work within Darabanan and Daraisas, we're not going to start saying, oh, the rice always comes first. Just not, that's, not, that's not a value at that point. Interesting idea, no? The, um, that's but again, but when it comes to clash, first of all, even within that, it's unclear if something derives from the Chumrah is not that, that's biblically ordained. It could be that, that that's only Rabbana. It's not like the Rambam Rabbit and a lot of other people. But it, I think what he's driving it is... Okay, you're right, you're right. So it comes along with Tzlach. Anyone know who the Tzlach is? Tzlach was a Yehuda land, or Yehuda Landau, otherwise known as the Nodabi Yehuda. Tzlach was safer on, on the Gemara. Tzil and Nefesh Chaya. It was a, in memory of his mother, Chaya. So that's what he called it. So he says, with all due respect, Rav Shagas Aryeh, no. Dr. Elliot is saying over here, when it comes to the Rabbanans and the Rices, the Rices always take precedent. Not the Rabbanans. So much show, this is what he said, because what emerges is an amazing Kiddush. Why is it then? The Shagas Aryeh said, if you think that his proof was, on Friday night, we make Kiddush, we say the Rabbanan first, then we say the Raisa. It should be the other way around. What does he say? What happens in Shul? During davening, we make Kiddush effectively. We say Vayichulu. We, we bring in Shabbos. So because in Shul, we already make quote-unquote Kiddush, we fulfill our biblical obligation in Shul, not with a cup of wine, but just through Shmona Esrei, of saying now it's Shabbos. So we level the playing field, because now when we get home, everything's Darabanan. Making a bracha is Darabanan. And making Kiddush, once we get home, is Darabanan already because we already fulfilled the Daraisa obligation, the biblical obligation, through reciting the Shmon Esrei. And within Shmon Esrei, we touch on the themes of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, we touch on the themes of Kiddush in and of itself. So Shagasari says, so the, 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 the Nod of Yehuda says, with all due respect, Rabbi Shagasari, your proof is no good. Because you can't bring a proof from Kiddush because Kiddush is all Darabanan by the time we get home. And therefore, in the event, that we would have a clash of Durabana and Daraisa, Daraisa always come first, thus the pre is correct. Give me one second. He goes, what emerges is a tremendous Chiddush. Think about this. He says, let's say you come home and your wife didn't daven Marv. Your wife didn't daven Marv. So now what she's facing is a 
biblical obligation to make Kiddush. And he says, in that, in that scenario, if the woman was making Kiddush or someone was making Kiddush and hadn't Dav Mariv, we'd have to flip the Kiddush and make Kiddush first and Hagafen afterwards. That's a Kiddush. That's what he thinks. It's a Kiddush, no? Why don't we do it? We don't do it. Meaning it's a Kiddush to say that, that he's going to take this so far that he really thinks you should flip it. Everyone holds a Beisham in this case. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome Kiddush, but that's what he says. But, he is saying that. Well, the question is, sometimes you can have a Svara, but then start applying a place. You start seeing how it really cannot change, can change things, change Halach Lemaisa. We don't pass in this way, but what emerges from here now is we've just, according to the Prichadash, he has a proof. Why? What's his proof? That, that Krishma, the first, two, the first two paragraphs are the Orisa, and, and because otherwise you wouldn't need a fancy grazzle-dazzle uh, explanation from the Gemara to say why Krishma, the, or, the sequence of Krishma, because it's, again, it's all in there. Okay, let's do, let's do one more. Comes along the Rambam. The Rambam says all three are Daraisa. Here's the problem. The Rambam also says, the Rambam also says that the, in one place, Suffolk Kara Krishma, if you don't know if you said Krishma, go back and say recite Krishma, right? As you just said, Suffolk Daraisa Lukhumra, whenever you're in doubt on a biblical thing, you go back and repeat it. The issue is the Rambam says, Suffolk Kara Krishma, you don't know if you said Krishma, so it makes sense you'd say go back and say Krishma. He says, go back and make Krishma with the brachas. Now that's a problem. Because we know brachas are only derabbanan. Brachas are only derabbanan. In general, and look anywhere else in the Rambam, whenever the Rambam says, Suffolk do something, he doesn't say make the bracha because Suffolk derabbanan lahakel. More than that, one can even argue a bracha is a Suffolk bracha levatala. It's, it's taking God's name in vain, which is daraisa. So why in the world? If you look in Tehillah I believe. All these places the Rambam says, don't make the bracha again, just do the action again. But suddenly when it comes to Krishma, he says, do Krishma with the brachas. Pretty it's pretty intense, no? Right. I mean, unless you hold the brachas are part of the mitzvah itself. So the Kesef Mishnah points out, so Yair is saying, although it's, I need to know why, that it must be that the Tikana, the Gezerah, when Chazal said, you say Krishma again, you say, it includes with the brachas, that somehow they baked into Krishma, they put, built into this Tikana, Krishma, the brachas are an integral part of Krishma, so much so that we say Suffolk, you, didn't, you don't know if you said Krishma, go back and say it with the brachas, despite the fact that the brachas of Atala, despite the fact, generally we say Suffolk brachas lahaka. That's a very interesting point. Why would that be? Why would it be that out of, out of all the other places in, in, in the Mishnah Torah, when the Ramah says Suffolk, do this, only do the action, don't do the brachas, but when it comes to Krishma, with the brachas, what's unique about the brachas of Krishma? So the Kesem Mishnah leaves it at, it must be that it's part of that Takana. You look at the Mishnah Buru, he says, must be it's part of that Takana. But I want to know why. So I had the following Kiddush. I thought, I went to Rabbi Sachs. I saw him two weeks ago. I was there for Shabbos. I told him what I thought. He told me he wrote it in the safe already. So I can't, get, I can't get credit. There's something unique about the brachas of Krishna, different than, any other, than all other brachas. And it's as follows. What is the point that we said? What is the point of Krishna? Krishna is Kabbal Samach Hashemayim. We brought a Raya from Rav Chaim last week. Rav Chaim Salvechik said, why does the Rambam not count the mitzvah of Zechira? Yitzhiz Mitzrayim mentioned Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is a separate mitzvah, is an independent mitzvah, and he said because Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is all about recognizing God took us out of Mitzrayim, therefore accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. So he says the Ram does in fact count the mitzvah of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim every day. It's part of the mitzvah of Krishma. Krishma is accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. If you think about it for a moment, what does that mean? That means we acknowledge God created the world. That means we acknowledge God gave us the Torah and God commanded us with the Torah. What is the brachas of Krishma? God created the world. 
Ahava Rabba, God gave us the Torah. Brochus of Krishma are all basically, essentially, another a continuation of accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. That really the brachas of Krishna, just like Krishna, it's the same goal. It's the same goal, and therefore, because it's the same goal, we, we say it's part of the same takana, so if you don't know if you say Krishna, go back and say Krishna with the brachas. So this is all good and well, except one thing, hashkivenu. Right? Hashkivenu, we basically say, we, our, 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 we're praying to God, say, save us from the terrors of the night. Where is the accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven there? So this point, I said to, I said to uh, Ray Sachs, perhaps one can say as follows. The Raman points out that although we have birchas Krishna, we actually we have, we have this man of Krishna, we're supposed to say Krishna at night, in the event we didn't say Krishna and it comes to Amud HaShachar, the, the sun starts to come up, the first day, day, dawn begins, he says we can say Krishna with the brachas for night, but leave at Hashkivenu because it's no longer night. So I said to Rabbi Sachs, perhaps, this is a Chiddush, my Chiddush, perhaps the Rambam is telling it, is Hashkivenu is different. All the brachas of Krishna, that's all about accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, and therefore in the event we don't know if we say Krishna, go back and say Krishna with the brachas, which are also the same goal, the same intention of accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. But maybe the Rambam would say, Hashkivenu, don't say. Why? Because Hashkivenu is not like the other brachas of Krishna. Hashkivenu is just a bracha about the night we happen to situate and put it there. And therefore, in the event you didn't, you, it's not night, you don't say it. And therefore, maybe my chiddush would be, the Ram will also tell us, Savikara Krishna, go back and say the brachas except for Hashkivenu. But what emerges from here is this third shita, is not only, is all three, not only are all three, well, all three parshas are daraisa, but part of that takana is all three parshas are daraisa, but also the brachas of Krishna are daraisa because they have the same goal, and therefore Savikara Krishna, go back and say it with the brachas. Just a quick review. We saw it today, shita's toast, which says, well, at least toast in multiple places in Chaz, but not sota, few places in Chaz, I think brachas as well. Krishma is the Rabbanon, as in the actual Takana to say Krishma is the Rabbanon, but through it we fulfill a Doraisa of accepting upon ourselves the yoga of heaven. We saw the Shita of the Rashba, the Ramban, just the first Pasik is the Oraisa, right? And we saw proofs as well from the Gemara and Sukkah, where Salvechik didn't like that. We saw proofs perhaps the Gemara and Brachos about someone who's, in, who's uh, at a funeral. And then we have this amazing, we had the, we had this, Prichadush, it says, just the first two parashos of Daraisa. His, his proof was, the Gemara said, you had to give us a reason for the order. We wouldn't need a reason if one was Daraisa, one was Darabonim. Shagazari disagreed and said, no, you still need it because we don't, when it comes to Darabonim, Daraisa, we don't have this uh, equation. And then we saw the Slachos, and we do have it, which had a fascinating Chiddush when it came to uh, Hagafen on Friday night, or Yomtiv, perhaps. And then we saw the Ram, which says, Savakar Krishma includes the Brachos as well because we want to say, that the brachas of Krishna have the same goal as Krishna, and that's accepting upon itself. Yoke of heaven, I wish you all a wonderful week.